Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Electric Leftovers. My name is Jason. This is episode 241. How are you today? It's, uh, well, it turned from, uh, summer to fall, back to summer, and now it's dang near winter, but it should be kind of summer again next week. The weather's been nuts here, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, it could snow. It could snow tonight. By the time you're hearing this, there could be snow on the ground. I, because that's the reason, I guess. I don't know. Whew. All I can tell you, I don't like it. Anyway, welcome to the show. What do we have new and exciting since last we spoke? Well, we have some more Dragon Warrior 7 from me. We have Castle of Dragon which is my entry for this month's monthly games that you rented but regret. Um, Scarlet picked that one from us, and Castle of Dragon is the one I did. Scarlet also decided to add some more Darkest Dungeon and Book of Demons to the website. Jade has added Your Turn to Die, Phoenix Wright, the Ace Attorney trilogy, like 68 episodes of that. Mad Father is there as well, and ah, Coolio didn't make it. I think he was trying. It didn't happen. Sorry, Coolio. You're not Coolio right now. Uh, also from me, Wizards and Warriors 2, Iron Sword. Or Iron Sword, Wizards and Warriors 2. Uh, that is a second game I decided to do for this month's monthly. Toying with the idea of a third. Probably won't. I don't know if there's really time for me to do it. Over in the forums, we have some, of course, soundtracks, our last one being Puss in Boots, Peril's Great Adventure. We have Street Racer and Prince of Persia as our entries for 365 days of the Super Nintendo for the last couple of days. Uh, anything? Oh, Jade's got a new ramble about Tiger Handheld Electronics. Pretty good. Go and check that out.
Sunman is an unreleased action video game developed by EIM and planned to be published by Sunsoft for the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1992. Despite being mostly complete, it was never commercially released. Also, unlike video games of this time, it was never even announced. Most canceled games saw months worth of publicity in video game magazines before fading off the game watch radars. And yeah, it's true. This is Sunman. Developed and published, like we said, Sunsoft 1992. This was supposed to be Superman. Uh, Sunsoft was going to make us a Superman game. The license got lost, so they just put a like put a hood on him, <laughs> called him Sunman, and pretty much left it alone. Uh, this was one of our first monthlies, I believe, April 2016. It's an interesting little game. It's not great, but it's pretty good. Uh, I don't know really what else to tell you about it, so here's some more music from it. Not expecting to find anything really controversial when it comes to reviews of this game. This is generally considered a pretty darn good game. Oh, and I'm wrong. There's a two right off the bat. Oh wow. Uh, we'll do that one. I'm I'm torn. I'm torn because we do have uh, we, we've got two usuals. We haven't heard from one in a while. I'm not gonna do them both though because they're detailed reviews. So we'll start with this one. If you've got any brain cells whatsoever, skip it. A Streets of Rage 2 review by Kefka dash dash. Originally reviewed 100101. Backwards that's 101001. So you know, it's time. Anyone with half a brain cell can skip this review because it's not for them, unless you want to laugh at what a crappy game is like. Story. 
I have no clue. Was there a story? All I remember was choosing my character and walking through repetitive stage after repetitive stage killing colored variants of the same enemy. That was a sentence. Gameplay. This has to be one of the worst mistakes in the long, sad history of bad games. Basically, you walk until the brain-dead AI walks up to you and starts doing cheap moves until you bash their heads in. Bosses take no skill to beat and you can blow through this game in half an hour. Here's the basic pattern of this game. Walk, dash, 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 and GT semicolon, kill enemy. Uh, walk, dash, 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 and GT semicolon, pick up weapon. Dash, 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 and GT semicolon, kill enemy. Dash, 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 and GT colon, walk some more. Dash, 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 and GT semicolon, fight big ol' boss. The actual fighting works more like tap A as fast as you can to inflict damage. Tapping C kills you, don't know if it was C or not, but... It allowed you to do a useless power move that drains your health. Replay value. I'm only putting it here because I need more words. Basically, replay value equals zero. You've beaten it once. That's about the most you'll be able to stand. Should you actually tolerate the game, it's a good waste of a half hour before you feel more bored than when you started. Graphics. There is one stage in the game that wasn't horrible looking, and that was the last one. Sound. Pitiful is the only word I can use on GameFAQ to describe this. There should be more. Music, read the sound section. Same junk, different file. Controls, button mashing and slow reactions is no way to go through life. You you basically had one important button and that's your punch button. If you have a fast finger, every enemy in the game will fall to it. AS, not AI. AS, artificial stupidity. You're standing here punching air and the AI walks right in front of you. In some areas, the enemies will group together in front of you, making it easier than chasing everyone around the screen. That was the wrong your as well. Final comment, there was one thing about this game I liked. It ended. I'm usually pretty easygoing, even on the underdogs. But this game should be put to sleep to end its suffering. Score 1 out of 10. You ever kind of feel like some people are just making reviews to, you know, cause controversy? Kefka's no longer active. Kefka also really didn't like Mario is Missing. Uh, he reviewed that four days later. And really did like SOS, though. What is SOS? I don't know. SOS. Are you destined to survive a watery grave? Septentrion in Japan. Uh, this is a general action game for uh, the Super Nintendo, developed by Human Entertainment and published by Victor Kai. I don't know. Can't really tell. There's not a lot of reviews. There's barely any stuff. And there's stuff. Anyway. Sometimes there's a review that just seems like it was done to get attention, and that one to me seems like... Because that is the... There's a two... There, there's his 1 out of 10, there's a 4 out of 10, and everything else is like 8, 9, 10 out of 10. Let's see what our good buddy Zylo has to say. When you have beat this game on Mania, your life will never be the same again. Uh, I've read that sentence, my life will never be the same again. Streets of Rage was Sega's game that turned out to not only be able to rival the SNES beat-em-ups, but also turned out to be even better than most of them. That's true. Since the game was such a huge success, Sega decided to give the game a sequel that could live up to the name. Today, Streets of Rage 2 is by many considered to be one of the absolute best games Sega has ever made. It's hard to understand if you haven't played this game how great a game can actually be. 
The game takes place in the same unknown city as the first game. It's one year after Axel Blaze and Adam crushed Mr. Mr. X's crime empire. After having a nice party night, Alex and Blaze find Adam's house to be completely destroyed and they find a picture of Adam chained to a wall. Turns out that Mr. X is back in the city, and this time he wants revenge on the three prevented his plans. Axel and Blaze must once again battle through the streets of rage to get Mr. to Mr. X's headquarters and save their friend. However, they will get help from two others in this game, Adam's younger brother, Sammy Skate Hunter, and Axel's best friend, Max Thunder. They found a picture of Adam chained to a wall, but they didn't find... Okay. In the first Streets of Rage, each character was good in two things and bad in another. The status is a little more complicated in Streets of Rage 2. Each character has a total of 10 status points which have been split in five different categories. Power, how much damage they can make. Technique, how good techniques they have. Speed, how fast they moves. Jump, how good jump attacks they have. And finally, stamina, how much damage a character can take. Another thing that has replaced the backup calls are the special moves. Each character has one swing attack, which is great to use if your character is surrounded by enemies, but it drains a little life if it hits anyone. There are also the special move, which usually is a strong front attack move. This takes a little damage on your character no matter if you hit any enemy or not. Finally, there's the rush move, which never takes any damage on your character and is a great move to not only do damage but also to escape from the enemies. The new character, Max Thunder, is the typical ultra big and strong dude. Many fans like to compare with compare him with Mike Hagar from Final Fight. Max is by far the most powerful character, however he's also by far the slowest of the four. Max is in his best when he either has a pipe to fight with or when he can get so close enough to grab his enemies. Then he can either crush their heads, which takes a lot of time, but do a lot of damage, or he can jump with the enemies and then throw them, which is the strongest attack in the game if Max grabs the enemies from behind. Axel is somewhat different from the previous Streets of Rage games. He has okay stats and everything except jump where he's horrible, and technique where he is the master. This means while Axel isn't as powerful as Max, some of his techniques can do even more damage. One attack that almost never manages to do much damage, but can do a lot if he hits an enemy with every punch. What? His rush move is also one of the absolute best moves, which makes him one of the best characters in any difficulty. Blaze, on the other hand, isn't that much different from the character she was in the first Streets of Rage. However, Blaze has two points in every status, which makes her the all-around character in the game. She doesn't have many advantages of Axel, but the one thing she has is the best jump attacks in the game, which can both be used from the distance from the enemies and to get closer to an enemy. Yes, just like Axel, Blaze's special move and rush move can do a lot of damage, however, almost anyone... Everyone, excuse me, consider Axel to be the better character of the two. Finally, there's the new character, Skate. He's just about everything that Max isn't. His attacks doesn't do as much damage, but he's much faster. Skate is also the only character in the game who can run, since he has a pair of skates on his feet. Well, that wouldn't be running, that would be skating. His rage range is also by far the worst in the game, and he can't take as many hits as the other characters. If you want the game to be really difficult, or you just want a different experience, then Skate is your character. Just like in the original Streets of Rage, this game is a scrolling beat-em-up. On each stage you meet a lot of enemies which must be killed in order to advance on the stage. There are also a few different weapons that you can pick up and use to fight your enemy. The weapons usually is stronger than your regular fists, but on the other hand every character, except maybe Max since he's already so slow, takes more time to attack with the weapon than with the fists, and it's not possible to do any combos with the weapon. 
The four hit system hasn't changed in the game. You attack first with two regular jabs when you are attacking an enemy, then your character does another move, and then a third move which knocks the enemy down. The last move can be done even without doing the previous ones if you hold down the attack button for a while and then release the button. It's also possible to do a back attack if you press the attack button and the jump button at the same time. You do the rush move by quickly pressing forward two times and then the attack button. You do the swing attack by pressing just the special button and then the special button, uh, the special move if you press forward in the special button. There's also a dual mode if you want to play against a friend instead of with a friend. While this mode is nothing compared to a real dueling game, Sega have been nice enough to give us many different stages to play in. There are different weapons to pick up in different stages, so it's important that you plan your strategy against your friend really well. But as I said before, this game is more fun if you play it with your friend instead. And when you were still going, and when you were talking about Streets of Rage, it's impossible not to mention the soundtrack of the games. And personally, I would say that Streets of Rage 2 is the best in the series when it comes to the music as well. Every music track is easy to remember, and it's hard not to picture the place you hear it if you listen to it on the sound test screen or on your computer or whatever you like to use to play video game music. Whew. The last thing that makes Streets of Rage 2 is the difficulty. It's very easy on the easiest difficulties, but the game gets much harder on each difficulty. When you beat the game on very hard, you will get a cheat that allows you to play the game on the Mania difficulty. It took me and my brothers 10 months of a daily try to beat the game on that difficulty, and it's impossible for me to describe the feeling when we finally beat it. But even if we played this game every day for almost 10 months, we still didn't get tired of playing it, and bought this game after the other two Streets of Rage games. It's no-brainer why the beat-em-up genre almost died during the middle 90s. First of all, Street Fighter 2 had been released and everyone now wanted to battle their friends instead of working together. And then Streets of Rage 2 had been made the perfect beat-em-up. No Double Dragon, Golden Axe, Final Fight, Turtles, or even Streets of Rage 3 will be able to top this masterpiece. If only every sequel was as great as Streets of Rage 2. What a perfect world we would live in then. Rating 5. Thanks, Zylo. I feel better already.
Guys! Guys, they fixed it! They went back and they fixed the news. We have... we have things now. We have things. Last week's lead story, instead of just being the date, creme de la weird. Let's see, they made it better. I like to think we played some part in that, you and I. Our lead story this week, people with issues. There's so much to unpack about Sexy Vegan, a 37-year-old from West Hollywood, California, that we scarcely know where to begin. His real name is Hansel DeBartolo III. After changing his name in 2016, he had the new handle tattooed on his forehead and chest. He's a, quote, Instagram sensation and a 2020 presidential candidate, according to his IMDb profile. Do you have an IMDb profile? Is your name tattooed on your forehead? No. But most recently, Vegan's been a resident of the Twin Towers Correctional Facility, that's an unfortunate name, reported the Los Angeles Times following his arrest on September 26th of charges of sexual abuse on his dog, which authorities say he captured on video and posted on social media. Would that be the Instagram sensation part? I do get judged a lot for being different. Vegan told Dr. Phil in 2017. You, you don't say. You don't say. The continuing crisis at New Lynn's Peaches and Cream, a sex toy shop in suburban Auckland, New Zealand, staffer Kat Mayer immediately noticed a strange customer on September 23rd. He had the name tat uh, Vegan tattooed on his forehead. He was very energetic and erratic, going around the shop talking a lot, she told Stuff. Strangely, he also closely resembled Elvis Presley with slicked black, slicked back black hair and sunglasses and slicked black back hair. Uh, although he was wearing a high visibility orange vest, he bought a sex toy called like a brought a sex toy called like a virgin up to the counter, but his card declined. Mayor said, when the purchase didn't go through, the man grabbed the fake vagina toy worth about sixty dollars and ran out of the store. Mayor reported the theft of the police, but fake Elvis has not been apprehended. She also noted that the shop gets robbed about once a week. It's really frustrating when this uh, sort of thing happens. It's so rude and it ruins your day. People can't look like Elvis. No, that's weird. Recurring theme, Sunday morning shoppers in central Auckland. Oh, again? New Zealand got more than an eyeful on September 29th when a man dressed as Elvis... No, I'm sorry. Uh, for several hours. Let me read this. Did I read this before? This, this sounds familiar. Oh, no, no, no. I remember. I remember. This was in... um. I don't remember. I remember reading this, though. I uh, got more than an eyeful on September 29th when, for several hours, pornography was broadcast on the large outdoor video screen at the Asics Sportswear Store. Harry Shearer, that's who it was. The totally inappropriate and offensive scenes apparently continued for about nine hours until staff arrived at the store around 10 a.m. and turned the screen off, the New Zealand Herald reported. Some people were shocked, but others just stopped and watched, said security guard Dwayne Henango. The store manager, who gave only John as his name, said the incident stopped from a cybersecurity breach, and ASICS apologized on its website and through email to its customers. Like, we can't figure out who you are. Uh, my name's John. I'm not from Australia. This is how I speak normally. 
And in Auburn Hills, Michigan, a suburb of Detroit, motorists along an interstate got a free show late on September 28th after two people broke into a small building connected to an electronic billboard and uploaded pornography to the sign. Auburn Hills police told WDIV, or WDIV, that two hooded young men were captured on surveillance video entering the structure at 10.49 p.m. and staying about 15 minutes. Police started getting reports of the images around 11 p.m. I was just looking up and I was like, huh, oh wow, that's porn, said driver Chuck McMahon. Police are still looking for the hackers. Do they look like Elvis? Unclear on the concept. Lee Dong-jin, the mayor of Jindo County in South Korea, wanted to make International Coastal Cleanup Day special for his community. So on September 20th, the day before the global event, he instructed crews to transport more than a ton of trash that had already been collected from coastlines and deposit it on a pristine beach in Jindo, according to Asia's France Press. We brought in waste, styrofoam, and other coastal trash gathered from nearby areas so the 600 participants could carry out cleanup activities, Lee said. He apologized for deceiving the volunteers and assured residents that there was no, quote, secondary pollution. Secondary pollution. Second-hand garbage. News that sounds like a joke. The Hudson Regional Health Commission, or the HRHC, Oh, that's actually in the story later. Uh, in New Jersey is investigating a mystery odor, according to WABC, because they couldn't think of a better call sign. People in Jersey City and Bayonne complained about the smell on September 24th, and officials, following the wind, searched in Newark but couldn't identify the source of the odor, which some described as similar to rotting fish. Being a peninsula, we have water on three sides, and sometimes at low tide you can smell the bay, explained Idorado Farante, coordinator at the Office of Emergency Management. It was really nothing like that. It was a very nasty, almost like a foul meat type of smell. The HRHC is continuing to investigate the odor. See? We have reports. New Jersey smells bad. Family values. Oh boy, there's a lot of consonants, and they're all at the end of the alphabet. Bozena Sinikcha, 20, and Vladimir Zaistev, 25, just got tired of looking after their toddler boys, Andre, 3, and Maxim, 2. So in mid-August, they dropped the boys off at a homeless encampment in Zaporizhia, yeah, Ukraine, and didn't come back. The naked toddlers were watched over by men at the camp for a week as they drank from a river and foraged through trash for food until passerby Olena Tashevska spotted them on August 26th and called police, reported the Daily Mail. A pediatrician who examined them at the hospital said they suffered from viral infections and malnutrition. They are weak now and barely can walk, Dr. Taiza Kilmenko told local media. Police are pursuing criminal charges against the parents, and the boys are living in an orphanage in the meantime. That is terrible. Our next story of bye bye Michael and Georgina Parsons, 54, neighbors in Little Bay Islands, Newfoundland, are resettling on the mainland this fall as part of a program to centralize populations in growth areas. But not the Parsons. In spite of the fact that the government will cease all services to the island on December 31st, electricity, mail delivery, ferry, and snowplow, the Parsons have decided to stay. We're not nervous, Michael told CTV. I don't know if that's because we're just playing crazy or whatnot. They are busy preparing for life off the grid, purchasing a snowmobile and wood stove, and installing a solar panel system. We're also learning to do without some fresh fruits and vegetables and go more to dry goods, bottled goods, powdered milk, that sort of stuff. Georgina said. 
just like that sort of stuff. Overreaction. Police were called to an IHOP restaurant in Asheville, North Carolina on September 26th after... Oh, I heard about this too. After a group of patrons lost their composure when told their orange juice refills weren't free. Authorities told WLOS the customers damaged the restaurant and assaulted its manager and another employee. Assaulted, not insulted. Police are examining surveillance video in an effort to identify the suspects. We never want to see anyone injured, especially over a bill at a restaurant, said Asheville Police spokesperson Christina Hollings. Well, what is she going to say? Yeah, totally. Free orange juice, right? I'd have done it. Creme de la Weird Indian farmer Shyam Lal Yadav, 74, bumped the top of his head about five years ago, and shortly afterward the bump started growing, becoming what doctors are calling a sebaceous horn. Why can I read sebaceous? I've never said that word before in my life. But Russian names? Give me a minute. Uh, on September 18th, Metro News reported that Yadav underwent surgery to remove the devil horn at Bagyode Terth Hospital in Sagar, India. The four-inch horn was made of keratin, the stuff found in fingernails and hair, and neurosurgeons were able to remove it with a razor. However, the underlying condition will still need to be treated, explained Dr. Vishal Gajbiyi. A biopsy of the horn showed that it was benign, and a skin graft covers the spot where it grew. Oh, should have let that go, man. Spoiler alert, man bites dog. In Rio Ranchero, New Mexico, offers officers were called to the Rio West Mobile Home Park September 26th following reports of a violent altercation. The Albuquerque Journal reported, Chris Galvedon, authorities told the paper, had used an axe to assault a woman causing significant injury to her hand. But as officers assisted the woman, Galvedon barricaded himself inside the home and the SWAT team and New Mexico State Police were called to help. Negotiations continued unsuccessfully for hours until K-9 officer Diesel was sent in. Diesel ended the standoff by biting and apprehending Galvedon, but not before Galvedon bit him back. Rio Ranchero Police Captain Andrew Rodriguez said the bite didn't break the skin, but Diesel will, quote, be on antibiotics for a bit. I think if I were to be bitten by anybody from New Mexico, I would probably want some drugs, too. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to conclude this week's edition of Electric Leftovers. We learned a lot about, you know, the the world as it is, as it should be, as we hope it will be, I suppose. Um, and I don't... Are, do you feel better? All, all said and done, do you feel better about how we're doing? I don't know. It's tough to say sometimes. But we press on. Just like nails. So, Electric Leftovers. You can find all the old episodes and all the other stuff at lowbiasgaming.net slash electricleftovers. Or you can find the show at any podcast software of your choice. If you'd like to financially support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash Jason's Groove Machine. And uh, 
kick a couple bucks into the tip jar if you'd like. I would sure appreciate it if you would, and uh, I'd probably even say thank you four or five times, maybe more. That's going to do it for the week, of course, because it's the end of the show. And uh, we'll see you next week when, I mean, who the heck knows? A lot can happen in a week, clearly. But maybe you'll have played Streets of Rage 2. And if we all played Streets of Rage 2, the world would be a more perfect place. Brought to you by... Electric Leftovers is a low-bias gaming production. Low-bias gaming. We play games.